when it, when I hear that ask the sack, I see like like a real close shot of like a woman's mouth getting close to a microphone, but the microphone is shaped like dangly balls. <laughs> like right after she says ask the sack, it kind of like bumps her chin and she's like, oh, pulls away. <laughs> Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. You know, it really does sound like we're about to have an orgasm. That's because every episode of Trailer Park Podcast is an overstimulation of your pleasure nerves. Did you almost accidentally say Trailer Park Poundcast? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me, Freudian slip. <laughs> because I never thought about that before. 96 episodes in and I never once thought about Poundcast. And mm. here we are. Coming to you soon. Trailer Park Podcast, 96. Again. 96, hashtag countdown to shutdown. <laughs> hashtag the 100. Right. And on that note, number 96, Daniel, is a number of family and home nurturing humanity. Welcome, Amanda, to episode 96. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome. Um, the intern is here with us on location. Uh, he's, he's not in the middle of nowhere tonight. Uh, intern, say hello. Welcome. Uh, back to back, 96, the numbers are rubbing, sensuously, ready to explode. Poundcast, in trailer the, park. Hashtag a, countdown to shutdown. In a safe way, platonic, family, oh, no, home. No, no, no. 96 is not safe. <laughs> it's raw. <laughs> it's raw. You know, when you say things like hashtag countdown to shutdown, Dan, you know it hurts my feelings, right? <laughs> You know, it really, it digs deep. You got to go out on top. And I think that when you get to the triple digit number, that's when you, you know, you're, you know, you're not going to get to a thousand. So there's no point in going greater than the first three digit figure. Yeah. We Dave Chappelle this shit disappear for like five or six years. Come back with Trailer Park Podcast live tour. Face to face. Rock, you know, Roy, we bring in the money. But what about the cool billion? <laughs> Right, the ultimate achievement. <laughs> Daniel, come on. What do, what do you got for me here tonight? I, I need a really juicy sexual position. It looks like a reverse of 69. I want something really disgusting. Yeah, see, that's the I feel bad that you guys have both led with this raw, juicy sensation for 96, of course, being the, uh, the parallel opposite of um, 69. That's not what 96 is about. It's not about being raw. 96 is about exposing what 69 really is, which is a fraud. Who out there is engaging in long bouts of 69. All Who is time. simultaneously coming together in 69? No one is. 96 They're... is what 69 really is, and it's a failure of a sexual position. So 96 is when you attempt to do 69 and then quickly realize that either one of you is suffocating or that neither of you is ever really going to get off. <laughs> so then you go, can we do guy on top 69? And after desperately trying to be careful, you're just smashing a woman's face into the mattress. <laughs> but you give up. That's what 69 really is. 96. <laughs> Countdown to shutdown. <laughs> Keep doing it. 
He's going to keep doing that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, just before we get into the show here, I would like to say that I am I am hearing. I know. I know. I know what you're going to say. It's been said. It's, it's been said before. You know, people have, have run out on stage and danced around and pranced and, and done their best to regale you with promises of something special. And, and it has failed you in the past. I know. I know. It's constant shitting of the bed. But tonight, there is no shit in the bed. The <laughs> sheets are clean, and they smell fresh. Tonight could be, <laughs> it's true, the greatest lineup that we have ever had on this show, ever. Whew. Definitely not a 96.69. Definitely clean sheets. Definitely clean sheets. I'm hoping, I'm predicting for myself, I had a mini preview of the lineup just now, and I think I might silver shard i don't know what that does to the sheets whoa 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 as long as there's not you know poor trailer choices which almost never happens oh that's happened thank you intern that is a lot of pressure like four more opportunities to make a better show right hashtag shut down he's gonna just keep (laughs) driving this shit home (laughs) silver shard yeah how would that look who dumped chrome paint in the bed That's the hysterical laughter of a man that's actually afraid. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Uh, Okay, well, tonight we're going to bring back an oldie but a goodie. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. For true facts. For true facts. (gasps) I love true facts. I love facts. (laughs) I I love true facts. You guys love facts. Fact me. I love facts. I only want true facts. I love fuckers. Oh, fuck. You two fuck faces need to give me some fucking facts now. <laughs> Intern, give me some fucks. Fact blast me. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you all over your face. <laughs> blast you with facts. Okay, so young sloths, get this, young sloths have been known to fall to their death because they sometimes mistake their own arms for tree branches. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> Whoops. <gasps> Such a chill way to go. Just like grabbing your own arm and you're like safe to let go. Oh, no. <laughs> and the other sloths up in the tree are just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Or sometimes one will have to get down on the ground to get to another tree that's too far away to like <laughs> crawl over to. And you ever seen a sloth move on a ground surface? It's like watching a drunk with a neurological disorder. <laughs> I kind of thought about that scene from Dread where they throw the guy off to hurl to his death while on slow mo. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like a sloth death falling from a tree would be like kind of like slow-mo from Dread. Yeah, to us it's just a thump, but to him it's like an hour of free fall. <laughs> you got to wonder, right? You got to wonder. Oh, uh, hey, get this, everybody. Uh, your skeleton is wet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something that I like to let our, all the girls know about. That's like a pickup line, right? It struck me, this this fact, because you only ever really see a skeleton that's dry. dry. But it's not dry. It's wet. It's very wet. It's swarming with goo. When it's inside you, yeah. Right. Have you ever thought about your skeleton inside of you before? Sure. Yeah, it's just drowned in uh, muscular 
tissue and blood and guts and gross organ flesh yeah yeah vast uh, vascular network just think of all the bacteria okay all right uh, i gotta i gotta fun gotta one. Do some googlings <laughs> That's not that's not true. Um, I do have a fun one here. A male lobster's bladder is located in its head. So when two males fight, they squirt each other in the face with urine. Oh, that sounds like a good fight. That is weirdly sexy. Right? That could be a 97. Like it's just like clack, 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 sprit, 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 clack, clack, clack. But then in slow motion, just like deep groovy reggae music like coca-cola commercial type (laughs) misting of each other's faces the one lobster's pulling open the other lobster's mouth while peeing in it their their antennas kind of swinging back and forth Mm. in slow motion locking claws bring each other closer this is getting good this is getting really good um I i got a movie one for you here this one's actually kind of stunning uh pulp fiction Forrest Gump, The Lion King, The Shawshank Redemption, and Jurassic Park were all in theaters at the same time in October of 1994. So that was the greatest lineup ever. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean. There's no fulcrum there. Well, well, That's true. Lion King. Incomplete. Lion King is the fulcrum? That's where you're going with that? I mean, there's like a murder. <laughs> and the hyenas are pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Give you that. Why does it look so much like Whoopi Goldberg? Because it is Whoopi Goldberg. It, it looks like it just looks so much like her. Even as a child, it used to frighten me how much it looked like Whoopi Goldberg. Well, it was Whoopi Goldberg. I know, but they like <clears throat> don't cheech. model the other characters off of their faces. Well, I guess that's true. Making a valid point. How about we uh, we take a dip in the uh, in, in the mailbag here with Ask the Sack. Mm. Mm. Ask the Sack. Ask the sack. So because I have the intern with me here tonight, I think I'm going to get him to read some of these uh, these tweets here. Intern, what do we got first? Oh, you weren't prepared. <sighs> you were standing up and acting like I just like told an him asshole. that I was blind. Oh. And I still can't read this. Oh, okay. It needs to be enlarged. I'll read like it. 200%. Well, 96 is out of the running. (laughs) For what? (laughs) 200% he's... All right. Let's see here. Uh, Okay, well, you want me to move things around, too? Can you read it? Yeah. I heard you guys aren't doing a wrinkle in time. What's the fucking problem? Hashtag ass a sack. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. A little aggressive. Jesus. Assy out there, cool billion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um... Well, I guess the producer of the show needs to answer that question. Well, the official response from uh, from Sad Sack Studios <clears throat> is uh, just a second here. Uh. <laughs> so, because this show is not just about movies, it's about movie trailers. Um, and the Wrinkle in Time movie trailer is a guaranteed five W. Five looks, W. Yeah, five words. It looks like a steaming pile of garbage. Uh, is is the assessment from Sad Sack. Uh, it's also going to keep the self-righteous clickbait articles concerning diversity in full bloom mm-hmm. because it's a book written in the 60s and the 2004 TV version is chock, chock, C-H-U-L-K, full of white people. Chock full. Chock. Of chalky folk. Full of chalky folk. 
because uh, it's not necessarily a diverse movie, but it is uh, definitely being transitioned into one, and it's on the it's it's, it's riding the coattails of Black Panther, and it's going to be more and more and more celebration of uh, of its uh, of its choices, I guess. Right. Will we will we be able to enjoy the film beyond its political diverse mm-hmm. uh, uh, trumpeting? Really, it's just that it just looks like just a bunch of Disney high budget, fancy color nonsense. When, yeah. when the book is actually a very serious book, when you read it as a child, it blows your mind. And I wish it would be given to someone maybe in the thirty million dollar independent studio range. Yeah, it yeah. looks. It had. It was too shiny. Yeah, it was literally too shiny. Reese and Mindy Kaling and Oprah. I'm. That's not what I envisioned. See, I feel like everyone here has read the book except me. It's a true fact. It's a true fact. (laughs) Fuck. Well, that's really good feedback, though. That's better because uh, the the feedback from Sadzak seems a little bitter about the diversity thing going on. It seemed a little grumpy. It seemed a little grumpy. I wouldn't have an issue with the quote-unquote diversity if it wasn't always screaming how diverse it is. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Um, What's this next one here? Why does the intern have more followers than TPP on Twitter? Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> that's a joke that we play hashtag s well what's, uh, what's going on guys is that true is that let's just let's just keep moving um uh, we, we hide most of our official tpp accounts followers to make it look like the intern is more popular little joke <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes elbow ribbing well, can we just talk about the fact that the intern creates fake accounts to follow himself and Thanks. that's what's going on. <laughs> does Whoa. buy Chinese click farmers. Yeah, you can Somebody do that. Finally, fucking said it. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, Amanda, you know people that can do that. Uh, I know you, in- intern. And <laughs> why do you think he lives in the squalor that he does? Because he blows all his money on the on the click farmers. Click farmers. Late at night, just one like old nineteen eighties corded phone. Please, please, cut me a deal. This is all I have. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, what is this? Uh, what is this third one here? Say uh, the third. Uh, it says. Uh, can we get a FMAT list from Amanda? What? Hashtag ask the sack. Whoa. FMAT. Oh, oh, so like famous ladies allowed to touch me, famous men allowed to touch me? Oh, that's a long list. <laughs> we're, we're ready. <laughs> Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> got the seatbelt on. Maybe Number just like one. throughout the episode, you could just be like, oh, oh, this guy too. Oh, oh and this guy. Okay. Yeah, make a list while we're while we're going along here and just drop them in. Okay. Any we'll any immediately box. coming to the forefront of your mind right now? Like, ooh, this guy for sure. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, even though I'm pretty sure he's gay. No way. No, we looked I into it. So. We he just had a kid. I know, it. but I think we've been over this. I still just I he has zero chemistry with women ever on screen. Yes. Yes. Maybe it's because he loves his wife so much. We can all cross our fingers and hope that that kind of actual altruistic shit exists in the world. But let's be honest. I feel like if you can just just slam into unconsciousness a couple of like really skinny guys in a bathroom station every once in a while, then he can put a couple of kids in. Is he a candidate for? I mean, if, if we're going to walk down this road, like some sort of allegation, maybe homosexual in nature, forcing himself on someone? Uh, I don't think so. But if he wanted to force himself on you. Oh. Yeah. Wide open. There wouldn't be there wouldn't be any force necessary. <laughs> right. Just make it. Make it. Okay. All right. She literally like spread her arms and legs when she said that too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wide open. Okay. Oh, what do we got here? Things I like. 
I like things Things I like I like things Okay, uh, yeah, things Nathan likes Everybody's favorite segment Brand new mm-hmm. segment here on Trailer Park I also love envisioning like how many times he recorded himself doing that before he was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And having like one headphone off, just off of his ear a little bit and one all the way on, like pressing it with one hand as he listens to it. Things I like. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. It sounds a little sexual, right? Huh? <laughs> Doesn't it? Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Things that Nathan likes. I, I like that I learned how the Razzies work and it makes me like them more. Oh, Interesting. Please allow me to share with you how the Razzies work. The Razzies is actually a foundation, the Golden Raspberry Foundation. The nominees every year are determined by this foundation who pay a fee ranging from $40 for two people to $500 for a lifetime membership. There's no requirement to have seen the movies first, and there's 750-some Razzie members, and that's it. You get to pay... To be a part of the foundation, you don't have to watch the movies, and you can just shit on things that celebrities feel inclined to respond to. So wait, we can become Lifetime Razzie Academy members. If you don't care about the $500, we can become members of the Golden Raspberry Foundation and take part in nominating Razzies. No, no, we need a Kickstarter (laughs) to bring in as much money as possible so that we can tempt the foundation into providing us with a tier of membership that doesn't currently exist. <laughs> this is so hilarious to me. That I'm willing I... to pay the Raz- the Raspberry Foundation <laughs> $10,000 if we can have an authority over existing members. I don't know what's possible here, but all I can tell you... <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot is possible here because the Razzies have fallen off. We were talking about this recently and like we could really turn it around. We could save it. A full-blown... Oscars for negative scale movies. Mm, she's right about that. She's right. Yeah, could introduce some like structures since apparently they don't have any and they're wide open. And then suddenly this podcast will finally get off the fucking ground. Yeah, we can <laughs> save this. Shutdown. We can save it. Thank you. <laughs> Rebrand. Rebrand. Home of the Razzie uh, top tier, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. The- <laughs> uh, save Trailer Park. Countdown shutdown. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's hilarious that that's actually how they work. People don't even have to fucking watch the movies. That's great. Uh, this is our way in. It's the reason that they're declining, and it's also our way in. I love this. I love that you've taken the time to notice that. Well, we uh, just recently established that you don't have to watch the movies in the in the academy either. Oh yeah, Jennifer, that's right. Jennifer Lawrence was like, "I didn't watch that movie. I'm not going to watch that movie. Fuck that movie." Yeah. What? You it, vote on things. It's all bullshit. All of it. <laughs> it is all bullshit. You're right. Uh, the next thing that Nathan likes is that there is a second Nicolas Cage horror film. Mandy. Titled Mandy that premiered at Sundance and that it currently has a 100% on Rotten Tomato. It's, it's the ladybird of the horror film. I, I love that this like mom and dad got all this attention and that your guys' feedback on mom and dad was positive. And there's another one that's even more critically acclaimed. And it's coming this summer. It just got picked up by RJLE Films, and it's going to get a exclusive theatrical release this summer. They're not fucking around with streaming or anything like that. So Ooh. should show up at the Alamo this summer. I get to go see Nicolas Cage in the theater. When was the last time we were able to do that? I know. And finally, the last thing that Nathan likes tonight is 
there are 341 fresh reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for Black Panther and only 11 rotten ones. I am specifically interested in one rotten review uh, brought to us by Armand White, who is a black man. Okay. (laughs) Black Panther turns racial politics into what Malcolm X called politics. The media's enthusiasm for this bland action film is maddening. The problem isn't one particular movie, but the celebration of the illusion of progress. Oh! Boom! Boom! Sing it! Yeah. Getting a little tired of the uh, you should watch this movie uh, for other reasons, other than the fact that it's a fucking Marvel movie. Well, it's superheroes. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's the I Enjoy it for that. that, or can we just nominate it for a Razzie? Unseen. Well, if we all got involved, then yes, we could nominate it for a Razzie. Ooh, it's like Project Chaos Fight Club kind of shit. Getting energized, juiced. Countdown shutdown. Intern, get on it. I'll start uh, working the farm, getting all these people. Okay. It's fake people donating 500 bucks each. <laughs> I just need yeah. every single one of you to donate $500. In the meantime, I'm going to play the battle cry before tonight's lineup. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our headliner tonight is Ready Player One. And this battle cry is a tribute to Ready Player One. little pop culture there for you, a uh, little Iron Giant and a little Back to the Future, and tonight's headliner, Ready Player One. Ready Player One, here we go. I live here in Columbus, Ohio. In 2045, it's still ranked the fastest growing city on Earth. But it sure doesn't seem like it when you live in the stacks. They called our generation the missing millions. Missing not because we went anywhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere except the Oasis. place that feels like I mean anything. A world where the limits of reality are your own imagination.
right, Nathan? Saw DeLorean in there. More reader excited. It's interesting. Um, Ready Player One is interesting to me. I didn't know it existed uh, before this hype over this movie came out. Apparently, the intern has read the book. Surprisingly, I know. Shocking to everybody. that He seems to have read every single goddamn book that's ever been made into a movie. Uh, it's set in the year 2045, a dystopian future where a virtual reality MMORPG called Oasis has a more stable economy than the real world. Some of the interesting things uh, that I was looking at are uh, the monikers are amusing. Like his uh, Wade Watts, the main character, his his moniker in the game is Parsival, which is intended to be a fun spelling of Percival, which is the knight of the round table in King Arthur's Camelot that found the Holy Grail, which is what this movie is about, basically. It's about searching for a specific thing. And the founder of Oasis moniker is Anorak, which is a British slang for a person obsessively interested in a thing or topic that doesn't seem to warrant much attention, which seems to be a personification of the author himself, who seems to be a uh, absolute fanboy nerd. He uh, he wrote a fan fiction sequel script to Buckaroo Banzai and wrote for the return of Mystery Science Theater 3000. This guy's all about just... Uh, which happened. Nerding out. Yeah. Uh, a few things I have here are, who is this for? Is it like all the pop culture references are in the 30 to 40 year old demographic wheelhouse probably? Mm-hmm. And one would assume the generation Z is going to get a lot less out of the DeLorean and the Iron Giant showing up than other people. Uh, also, I don't know what to think. Like when they say Steven Spielberg, cinematic game changer. When was the last time he changed the game? I, I don't does, does Spielberg directing a movie mean anything anymore? Did it ever mean anything? And you know, you're saying Jaws, that's a long it's nineteen seventies. Terminator. Terminator. True lies. Mr. James Cameron. Yeah, I get them mixed up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um I don't know. I I like the concept. I like the idea. I'm probably going to nerd out about all of the pop culture references to a certain degree. I'm excited, but I feel some hesitation boiling underneath. But I'm going to say excited. Okay. Let me come in behind you because, yeah, my my reaction to this is uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where to fall. This is a very unstable, excited that I'm about to give. But I also picked up this book recently and I'm a little ways into it. Uh, can already tell that they've apparently missed the entire point of how the main character is supposed to look, which I felt already made a very large anchor into the theme and tone of the book, which seems to have been tossed right out the window. So even the little bit that I know, I'm already offended. That said, uh, <laughs> does this is this all about just showing you the visual representation of a bunch of 80s nostalgic references, or is there something deeper that maybe this movie is missing the point of which all these references are partaking in that said i kind of just want to just want to see how they do it i really hope they focus on the search because that's what makes the whole story alluring to me anyway so am am i even excited excited (laughs) amanda man you know i no fuck it i am not going to get dragged down with the two of you it's the Comic-Con trailer. Was it the right trailer? Because there's there's another trailer out there that I didn't, or a sad sack didn't want to go with. This is the first trailer I've seen. Um, oh, okay. I just, know that I, I just know that I'm interested in the idea. Steven Spielberg, was he the right person to make a movie like this? I don't know. He is a little washed up. I'll agree with you there. Um, but, I, okay, maybe I'm hoping for big money, big blockbuster failure. Could that happen? Could we have a negative movie here? 
I don't know. Oh, it could be. If if the way they represent people moving around with VR helmets in the real world doesn't come off right and they have to keep doing it throughout the rest of the movie, it's going to become a negative. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it may very well miss the mark, but I want to have fun with it and I don't want to be a, a frump-a-dump, you know, a sour flower like Daniel over here. <laughs> Coin today. <laughs> so I'm just going to put my blinders on excited. All right. I, I'm kind of hoping for a haptic technology masturbation like walk in on somebody's scene think that'll happen oh that could it could like through the window of someone's stack trailer sure hmm. um what uh is the first computer that everyone remembers playing on apple II. Mm. i don't know or apple IIe, whatever it was uh, it was a uh 286 compatible <laughs> I, was, I was playing like space quest or king's quest or some shit yeah mm-hmm. so amanda i really don't remember i don't know Okay, uh, so mine was a Commodore sixty four, and all all three of those are mentioned in the novel, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great throwback for I believe everyone everyone's age range on this podcast um, to pick everything up, and I think that this movie is going to do a much better job with everyone outside of that demographic. You mean it's going to try and include everyone? No, I think that. Uh, people that grew up with all this stuff that are kind of dorky and get it are going to be like, that's bullshit. And everyone else is going to be like, hey, this is a cool, fun video game movie. Hmm. Do you think that this could be uh, even classified as a video game movie? Because it's not a movie based on a video game. No, it's a movie where they play a video game. So maybe you should stop calling it a video game movie because that's going to confuse people. Okay, this uh, science fiction (laughs) sold in the fiction section... At it's, a bookstore. It's virtual reality movie. There you go. Virtual, yeah, it's it's more of a VR movie with well, pop 50% culture. 50% of it, yeah. Okay. Oh, you mean there's going to be a lot of him in the stacks running around in real life? Well, not a lot, but there will be some of that, yeah. So how much of Ty Sheridan are we actually going to be watching, and how much of like Final Fantasy Spirits Within are we going to be watching? Uh, I'd say 40, 60. 40 Ty, 60 Final Fantasy. Okay. Have we really come far enough technology-wise to slam dunk this? It looks pretty good. Oh, I'm worried. Okay. <laughs> okay. That book was good. All right. Maybe you should rethink the whole watching, reading books thing. What do you think? Yeah. Well, the more I think about Annihilation, the more I appreciate that movie separately for its own thing. Okay. All right. Well, uh, trailer number two tonight, Daniel, is a uh, is called Gringo. Ringo, here we go. Medical marijuana is already a multi-billion dollar industry. The future is this weed pill. I'm still not sure about this. Look, most people will tell you Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon. But even a complete idiot will tell you Neil Armstrong did it first. And do you know why he went first? Because he pushed Bezold and the fuck out of the way and seized history by the ball sack. I'm satisfied. <laughs> Brookman, you're in some deep water, Harold. Like bankruptcy, dude. I am 
cash pool? No, I'm saying you're poor, poor. Carol! Tomorrow, you're gonna fly to Mexico. What? We want you to hand deliver the weed pill formula to the lab. Buenos dias. I know I'm not supposed to touch the minibar, but I'm going to do it. You know, I don't even care anymore. I'm doing it. I'm having the mono. <laughs> What's going on? I've been kidnapped! I am somewhere in Mexico with a gun to my head. Ah! What a fucking crybaby. Harold, I'm just gonna spit this out. El Jefe. We sold a little product to the cartels, but when we cut them off, they got a little angry. <laughs> what the motherfucker? This is a fucking clusterfuck! I know a guy. I'll track down dictators if I can find a guy in middle management. What do they want? They want five million. What? Pesos? Dollars! What is that? It's an injectable microchip. Okay. I need to keep tracking. I don't like needles! Here. <laughs> you can't scare me with tales of the big bad cartels. I don't know how things work. Not in Mexico. You really believe in God? Of course I believe in God. What kind of person does not believe in God? I guess I kind of do, but not. Things are going to start to get better for you. Trust me, I have good instincts. Let's go. Amanda. More are excited. Okay, so there, there a, a tiny glaring red flag about this movie is that it seems to have come up and is immediately coming out out of nowhere. Um, that being said, I don't care. This looks to me like a fun movie that I will 100% enjoy because I have no expectations of it. I, it can't disappoint me. So if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like it and then I'll probably immediately forget it, you know? And that's fine. I, I want more movies like that. I don't need how yeah, we got to stop building stuff up, especially on this, this damn show. Countdown <laughs> shutdown. <laughs> Excited. Intern. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Mr. Oyelowo and uh, Mr. Copley with the regular accent this time. Mm-hmm. I thought I would never hear him without his South African, South African. Yeah. Let's talk more like that. Heavy, heavy mm. South African accent. Could you imagine that in this movie? That would ruin it. And David Oyelowo. 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 Everyone. Oyelowo. 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 Yeah, uh, he's special. Have you seen Nightingale? That HBO? Not movie? yet. Oh, you're not a true Oyelowo fan. I guess not. Have you seen Queen of Cotway? No, but that one. Do you? Nah. Stop back and forth. Have you seen? Talk. Have you? Have you seen? How are you talking about that lame you get Disney? It. You guys are cinephiles. That Disney chess movie? That yeah. what you're talking about? That's what I was talking about. Ugh. Ugh. Um, he looks pretty good in this. I'm looking forward to him showing up uh, with the Jordan Peele directed thing, horror thriller. That'll be nice. Anyway, uh, I'm excited. Everyone looks like it's high action, high impact, high comedy. I'm high on Gringo. High on Gringo. I will mention that this trailer for Gringo and the trailer that's currently on television for Gringo look like two different fucking movies with two different fucking casts. (laughs) When I saw this and was trying to piece together what I was watching just last night 
on some commercial break, I was like, I didn't even know any of these people were in this movie from that trailer. I thought the gringo that I saw last night represented to me was like a, a shittier version of whatever that tropical weed selling movie was that came out a couple of years ago that was supposed to be real high end and pretentious, but just flopped and was forgotten. Pineapple Express. No, it was a, it was a serious Savages. Oh, Savages. Yeah. Oh, uh, Oliver Stone. Taylor Kitsch, my boy. And so it does kind of look oh. funnier now. I, I like trailer one. I, I guess I'm excited. <laughs> you, Nathan? Might, you might get an accidental shard out of Daniel tonight. Right. Um, <laughs> like, a, I guess I sharded. I don't even know. Uh, are gringos traditionally white? Oh, thank you. I thought we had been harping on that subject, so I was going to leave it alone. But yes, <laughs> I had to come to mind. Can this film also capitalize on the diversity craze? Is there an opportunity here? Uh, I looked up the term gringo, a person, especially an American, who is not Hispanic or Latino. So it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, one question that does come to mind, is gringo a derogatory term from a Mexican standpoint, it could be derogatory or like a you know teasing, friendly sort of thing if you're in the right company. If so, would a Mexican feel bad calling a Black American a gringo? Like, would it be like to a white guy, like you fucking gringo, and to a Black guy, like ah oh, gringo? Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe. That's getting the nuance of it. I find it more that it's sort of like an acceptable slur. It'd be kind of be like if we made a movie about uh, a bunch of Mexicans getting in, into some sort of heist trouble in America and calling it day workers. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I just thought I'd make things tense again for shits and giggles. Uh, Charlize Theron gets an automatic bump, right? Flat list. Flat list. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Charlize what? crushing it. Uh, Joel Edgerton. I like him. I'm a fan of Joel. I love David Oyelowo. I also enjoy Charlotte Copley. I think that people who shit on Charlotte Copley are have too much time on their hands. Honestly, who's shitting on Charlotte? I thought you were shitting on Charlotte Copley. I remember someone here uh, shitting on Elysium and Charlotte Copley in Elysium, hating on him in it. Might have been Chelsea. Oh no, that that was probably me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like Elysium. I don't know who that person. He's the guy from District Nine. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was Yellowo. No, he's a black guy. I'm just going to say I'm excited, and we're just going to get out of here. <laughs> I'm excited about Gringo. Trailer number three tonight is the fulcrum of uh, Trailer Park Podcast 96, often also thought of as the centerpiece and the only point of being here uh, because it is it is such an important part of our show to, uh, to present different genres and to celebrate the horror films. Right, Daniel? Literally the only reason I stick around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tonight... We have a a first timer, um, a, a long time director who is taking a first time shot at horror. This is insane. Unsane. Here we go. Your life's 
away from you, you know? Changing your phone number and your email becomes normal. Taking out a restraining order, normal. Relocating to another city, normal. But you still see your stalker everywhere? Rationally, I know this is my imagination, but I'm alone in a strange city and I never feel safe. There's some more forms you need to fill out. It's just routine. I finished my homework. Sawyer Valentini, please follow me. Well, look, I, I don't have a lot of time. I, I should be back at work, so. What am I doing in here? Take off your clothes down to your underwear. I'm not sure what's happening here. The door's locked. It would be better for everyone, especially yourself, if you just do as I ask. There's been some kind of mistake. By signing this, you've consented to voluntary commitment. I am being held here against my will. Do you know how many calls the cops get like that every week? Those are from crazy people. Daniel, we're excited about Unsane. Uh, I feel a little bit firmer on this one. I'll go ahead and, and, and spoil the rest of my analysis to say that, that I'm excited. I am interested in seeing this. Is there a little element of low budget this and that that they might be covering up with some of the editing and with a little bit of the music? Sure. I noticed that. I'm uh, prepared to discover that upon watching this. That said, I also like the weird sort of record stop smudge sound effect that they have going on in the score. And I like that uh, it goes very swiftly from a victimized woman telling you her lifelong story about being stalked by someone and moving city to city and then all of a sudden just being corralled into an asylum and being held against her will. And that, of course, being uh, the point of the rest of the movie, figuring out whether she's totally insane or that there's some odd, bizarre conspiracy against her. And yeah. I'm not uh, not saying it looks amazing, but I'm interested, excited. Should we recognize that the stalker does the stalker resemble Andrew? One hundred percent. Make this as painless for you as possible. I am about one hundred pounds lighter, and I will make this as painless and for you your as beard possible. One hundred percent less well kept. <laughs> what? Is she saying the stalker has better hygiene? Just a better beard. Oh, sorry. Just a better beard. I misunderstood her. Sorry. Yeah, gonna... is thinner. He's right on that. Just going to go pull out the rope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Amanda. What do you say about Unsane? Oh, I'm pretty jazzed. Um, I find asylums and mental institutions 
to be truly terrifying because I do think that regardless of whether you're crazy when you go in, you will definitely be crazy once you're in there for any extended period of time, no matter what. So that sort of taps into an area that I'm interested in uh, that is entertaining and exciting. And um, uh, Steven Soderbergh, I, I, mean, I don't know if he's... Logan Lucky was the last thing he did. I enjoyed that. We, yeah. thought, we thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was surprising. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm in. I'm excited. Yeah, that uh, low budget that you speak of, Daniel, that is uh, that that is because this is completely filmed with an iPhone camera. Yeah, you get that feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's almost got like a but but it kind of works. Like it feels like a clinical oh. type oh. stylistic camera. All these oh. iPhone camera nonsense—they all have attachments that turn it into a real fucking camera that's on the end of an iPhone. It's not yeah. like they're just using a regular iPhone. No one's like walking around with it in their hand. <laughs> right, uh, and action. <laughs> but yes, that's that's fine. As long as it, as long as the pace is sort of kept alive. Uh, if you, when you do low budget cutesy shots like that of someone trying to pretend like they're super stressed, nose first into the camera, you only, you can only hold that tension for like thirty seconds to a minute. And can you guys tell me if uh, adding attachments to a camera? changes the resolution and capabilities of that camera in any way yes i'm sorry i can't hear you i feel like the answer yes. to the at least capabilities part has to be yes otherwise why are there attachments it doesn't okay. just make it longer okay well what's the point of using an iphone at all because then you don't need to pay for the other phone or, or the you know burly guy to carry it around hmm. the burly guy <laughs> or or gal yeah, so, or it's just its own little take on found footage. So you're just saying that this is all about saving money. Well, what is the, what is the point of this of this uh, shot you're taking at me? I said it was made with an iPhone camera, and then you got all upset about iPhone cameras. I got upset because all these guys, there's been a few of them now, mm -hmm. decided to make movies with iPhones, mm -hmm. and I really want to bite my tongue here, but they cheaped the out. other guy, uh, Terrence Malick, did it with a GoPro in that movie that I hate, but he actually just used a GoPro. So I feel like what he's doing is more artistic than augmenting an iPhone and saying you shot the whole movie on an iPhone when you clearly used a whole shitload of attachments and stuff to make it not look like an iPhone. Attachments and stuff. Okay. It makes it seem gimmicky. Well, they have like, like, it is pointless. Yeah, I guess it's just one of those trivia things taken out of context and the intern is... Pointing out that it's that it's meaningless. It's it's just about the finished product, right? It's it's about whether yeah. or not the stylized uh, camera work is good. This this might actually be more interesting because it's Soderbergh uh, doing it. So I was gonna say that the camera work looked fine to me on right. this. So yeah. I don't have a problem with them doing this. It just seems okay. What about the fact ridiculous. that unsane unsane is not a word? What? Unsane in the membrane. It's not actually a unsane word. Unsane in the brain. <laughs> Intern, are you worried or are you excited? Yeah. Um, I want to watch this worried. <laughs> um, right. I want to watch this excited. Okay. That's unsanity. I was unsure. I'm interested. I'm interested in her. I'm interested in the whole thing. It looks interesting. It looks stylized. Hopefully it's not too long. Maybe I can get a running time here. Yeah. If it's 80 minutes, then I'll say excited. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Wow. Dun, drum roll. Drum roll. It is one hour and 37 minutes. It's well, still worried. 97 minutes. No, that's a perfect runtime. Yeah. It's not even an hour 40. That's seven minutes too long. It's fine. It's fine. It will be. Soderberg does great work. Say excited with me. Come on. Let's say excited together. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Unexcited. Excited.
asshole. All right, trailer number four tonight. Uh, the final swan song, goodbye to Anton Yelchin, Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds, here we go. I'm being foolish. It's the worst fake crying I've ever seen. She's just using the technique. A what? The technique. Holy... <clears throat> Amanda, this is my stepdad, Mark. How long are you here, Amanda? My mom's going to pick me up around midnight. Midnight's late for us. I'll call your mom. She can come pick you up now. She's busy. Doing what? Chemotherapy. I don't have any feelings, ever. And that doesn't necessarily make me a bad person. It just means I have to work a little harder to be good. I'm sending you to boarding school. After that, you're off my payroll. You hate him. You despise him. Honey, you can't go in looking like that. I'm fine. Let me just... I'm not going to have to stand here all day like a robot repeating myself. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything about just killing him? How would you? What the hell is he even doing here? I am providing you all with early drug experiences that you will forever cherish. Who the hell are you? <laughs> We have a business proposition for you. You got a gun? Yes, I have a gun. You don't know where I come from. Westchester. Amanda. You have no idea. I didn't think you'd bring it here. You want to hold it? No, thanks. Anyway, you cannot hesitate. The only thing worse than being incompetent, or being unkind, or being evil, is being indecisive. Shall we? What am I going to tell my dad? Wear a hat. We're keeping this, by the way. Intern, thoroughbreds, we're very excited. Of all the things to get me excited this has many of them um i really like that breathing music they had throughout the trailer which i can't do because i'll start coughing um i really like uh anya taylor joy i like that other girl from the other movie yeah you do i like anton yelchin i like the dad i'm i'm ready to go watch this in the movie theater probably tomorrow no sunday what's tomorrow the day after tomorrow and promote this I think we should all promote this and go and watch it in the theater while there's still time. Hmm. I'm excited. I have a full-blown erection excited. Over very young. Yeah. that's. Young. I have a Woody Allen erection that's excited. That's exactly where I was going, Amanda. Got a rage in Polanski. Imme- <laughs> yeah, immediately out of the gate. He's like, I really like Anya Taylor-Joy, and I really like that other girl, whatever her name is. I Olivia Cook? Whew, I just, I like the breathing. I like it all. 
<laughs> right? That's right. The whole time I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is disgusting. I'm ready to Weinstein all over this place. Okay. <laughs> all right. Keep it down. Keep it down. I'm going to say I'm excited, but because I think this movie looks hilarious and interesting, and I like I like all of the people in it, and this is the last time. This is the last movie that Anton Yelchin filmed, so this is it for Yelchin. So it'll have a bit of a tinge of sadness, but it looks like it's it's got potential to possibly be really, really good. So I'm going to try to keep my expectations at a reasonable level and just maybe tag along and celebrate this and, and try to see if it... If it hits the mark, I'm excited. Amanda? Uh, same. I uh, I oh, don't... Well, same as Nathan or same as me? Not you, intern. Yours was all pervy. Oh. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know why they're quote, quote, persuading me so hard. So like, not necessarily in this trailer. They do talk about this being like something meets Heather's. American Psycho meets Heather's. Right. And then I've seen in other places that it's like, this is going to be a cult classic. This is going to just, this is like generation defining and, and stuff. And I'm like, don't set it up like that. Just let it speak for itself and be good. I think it's going to be. I really like the guy that plays the stepdad. He was in uh, House of Cards. And I, I do oh, find him very. That's where I know him from. He's in Waco. And he's in Boardwalk Empire too. Um, I like him. Uh, do you want it before you issue your worried or excited? Do you want to discuss the lack of diversity in this film? No, I no, I don't, Nathan. I think we need to leave that particular issue aside right now. <laughs> I am curious. Maybe, perhaps, Sad Sad Sack has some information on why this movie has sat around for so long before it's been released. Because Anton Yelkin has been dead for a long time. True. So, where has this movie been? If it's so amazing and so groundbreaking and it's going to change your life, why has it been sitting in no man's land? Uh, but I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's I'm, the answer. I'm going to give you the answer if you want it. Sure. Sad sack is is talking to my talking to me in my ear right now, and that's because Thoroughbreds did the full gamut of film festivals. It did. Um, Sundance, Fantastic Fest, Hamptons, London, Chicago, Philadelphia, AFI, Palm Springs, Portland, and Ireland. It's been all over the place. Jesus. Uh, doing a bunch of festivals. And I imagine it was seeking some sort of um, distribution deal. And maybe it held out for the best one. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, God, yeah. Point out all the good and the bad already. This looks fun. I hope that it's fun. I also worry when I see things being called out as cult classic predictions because I feel like that's such a toxic, damning. You almost prevent something from becoming a cult classic by, by saying it will be by one. saying it yeah. will be one. Yeah, that is to be determined by time. Hence the inherent cult nature of it. Well, and to be a cult classic, you inherently it must not be well received at first. Right. So you almost damn it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. But it does look funny. I do like that one of the that the girls are you know one's super jaded borderline sociopathic and the other one is like an over, an overwhelmed uh, empath and there's there's definitely some potential here and, and so again I'm, I'm gonna go with excited on this but god do i feel like this is the most disciplined and restrained string of exciteds i've given on this show yet oh and not but there's to be, still a little bit of time countdown shutdown not be creep not to be creepy like the intern but the one that is the sensitive one, mm -hmm. I like her a lot because of how unique she looks. She's got those like really wide set 
eyes. Yeah, and... she's got like female Cumberbatch. Yeah, I, and so mm-hmm. I, I've seen her in some other stuff, and I I, I like her yeah. look. So. Now, now let's get the intern to say exactly what Amanda just said. Well, you know, you, you like the soft, quiet one because go ahead. She's got uh, she's got a fucked up face that reminds me of Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was even better than like the impression I was going to do for you. And just remembered that he's a Cumberbitch. I, I had forgotten that yeah, about the intro. That's right. You, could, yeah, you couldn't have picked a better person. girl because she looks like how I felt about Christina Ritchie 20 years ago. <laughs> we got to buzz this. Does, does Anya Taylor bring you joy, intern? Always. Because her name is Anya Taylor Joy. Anyway. Okay. Um, uh, in the five hole uh, tonight... We have a real video game movie. This is what a real video game movie is, intern. So just take notes. Uh, this is uh, Alicia Vikander in Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Here we go. I thought I saw Dad again. I think I'm going mad. Lara, your father's gone. At some point, we have to face up to who we are. Who we're meant to be. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. What are you doing here, Laura? Seven years I've been on this island. Your father, he put me here. Now I see the likeness. Intelligence. What do you know about my father? Laura, there was more to my life than boardrooms and business deals. There's an organization called Trinity. It's looking to start a global genocide. Dad, Junior had a bigger holiday. He had a knack for the unexpected. You must stop them, Lara. Promise me. Go! You messed with the wrong family. Bring it back around, Nathan. Tomato, worried or excited? 
What is the highest grossing video game movie of all time? Anybody know? Tomb Raider 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Annihilation. Well, would you like to know what's in the conversation, at least? I have mm-hmm. a few here. Um, first of all, uh, the Jolie Tomb Raider is definitely in the conversation. So in terms of video game movies that matter, Tomb Raider reboot would seem a legitimate decision it made 273 million on a 94 million dollar budget which at the time that the original tomb raider was made is probably a bigger deal than it would be now um also in the conversation is angry birds yeah yeah 350 352 million on a 73 million dollar budget uh the resident evil franchise is probably the most dominant of the video game movie fran like in terms of a franchise it's the most dominant franchise but resident evil afterlife is the most uh profitable of that series at 295 million on a 57 million dollar budget the reason why i'm bringing all these movies up is because it doesn't they don't really breach the kind of money that some of these other things breach you know like superhero movies it doesn't even come close like video game movies in general seem to be pretty hit and miss there's a lot of a lot of them like all the hitman movies and stuff that just fucking bombed i mean we can give a shout out to Warcraft because it made four hundred thirty-three million on a hundred sixty million dollar budget, which is probably number one. But let's not forget Prince of Persia, right? Huh? Hey, hey, Jay, hey, Jay. Yeah, that's hey. right. Prince. How did um, Assassin's Creed do? Assassin's Creed did okay, but not well enough to do a sequel. I don't think. No, I am glad that you bring up Prince of Persia, though. That's going to tie in big on my review on this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is probably the the five hole tonight is going to ruin some shards. I can already tell. Uh, I'm going to say worried, but I have a soft. But I want to give a caveat, and that's that I I love Walter Goggins. I have a soft spot for Goggins, and seeing him as the bad guy in this movie makes me want to just give it a chance, you know. But it doesn't change my position that I'm worried about it because some of it looks kind of like the special effects. She kind of turns into a video game character. When she jumps, <laughs> right? She uh, leaps yeah. into the air and turns into a digital version of herself. I like Vic Ander. I think that the movie might have an audience and might do similar numbers to the first Tomb Raider. But does anyone look back on the original Tomb Raider and celebrate it? Does anybody have it on its on their shelf and watch it every couple months? I I don't know. I don't think this is. If it was X rated, I would. Yeah, great. Thanks. My Womb Raider. <laughs> It just doesn't have... It, it's going to be forgotten very quickly. I'm worried. All right. Yes, this movie is probably going to be forgotten. But there's something really weird to me about... So, so the video game movies, yes, it's they're rot with just absolute uh, abject failures. But there's something weird that sticks out to me about old Jake in the Prince of Persia movie. Because that's a movie that by all means should have been like just intolerable. And when you watch... If you ever get a chance to watch that Prince of Persia movie, if you can just put whatever your walk-in bias is aside for a second, when it's over, your overall feeling is that's kind of what a video game movie should be. It's a bunch of like all the type of action that's reminiscent of the game. It captures the sort of internal feeling. And then it's also super bizarro and great in a bad way, but never to the point where it's offensive or boring. And I get that total vibe from this. Nobody asked for another Tomb Raider movie, especially not a reboot. Even the reboot of the video game itself was only mildly successful. So this holds zero expectation. I think there might be a chance for this to be 
maybe kind of fun. I having a hard time really pushing a worried on this. Do it. But I'm at a meta place Do where it. I feel like I can't silver shard. Do it. Fifty shades freed Come yourself. On. Do it. Line up so middling. Walter Goggins. You can't do it on this movie. Goggins. But it's true. I can't. I I think I think just like Nathan said, I think with uh, what's his name? Goggins? Groggins? Goggins. I think him being in there and just with how really violent and brutal this looks like she looks pretty fucking badass yeah. when she's pulling some of the stunts off. And it, I do see the blade two squirrely wormy cgi kick in here and there when the big action stuff sets off but i don't think i can honestly give it a worry so excited wow oh. where's the alarm bell oh just a second <clears throat> it's the most beautiful thing that's ever happened Amanda. Oh, I mean, I don't know how I come in behind that with my little shard, but I will. Oh, you're going to know we're shard together, we're baby. We're shard together, honey, because <laughs> I no, nobody asked for this movie. Nobody wants this movie. Who? Yeah, I saw the Tomb Raiders. I think I saw them in the theater. I don't really remember them. I just remember Angelina Jolie running around with with guns in our on her on her legs. Do you remember Daniel Craig? No. I remember Daniel Craig and the whole theater groaned. They but thought it was going to be her. The the Destiny's Child, uh, you know, I'm song a survivor was really getting me amped up in my lady, my lady bits. When she runs towards that guy with the bow, and it's like, I'm a survivor. Yeah, yeah. Woo! yeah. Every time she jumps, I'm like, fuck yeah, bitch, you jump blindly. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna make it at max outreach, like wrist to ankles behind you, yeah, <laughs> like- just flying through the air. And and I love a good I love a good vengeance, you know, you know, I love John Wick. You mess with the wrong family. Mm. I'm excited. Mm. All in for Tomb Raider. We'll probably watch it on TV. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Intern, log it up. Uh, I like Vikander. I don't think she's going to get nominated for an Academy Award for this or anything. But uh, Razzie that we control next year. Right. That's a definite opportunity, uh, the way things have been going with the Razzies. But we can write that ship. Uh, I'll reach out to uh, Vikander and see if she can help us in our quest to overpopulate, streamline, and fix the Razzies. I'm excited uh, just because uh, my dad really wants to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good bonding film. Uh, I also just want to say quickly, because you mentioned Prince of Persia being like what a video game movie should be. And for some reason, during your talk, Daniel, John Carter came into my head as well. Like, like, and I don't know why, because it's not based on a video game, but it has a similar feel. John no, I, I get what you mean. Yes, yeah. I I feel like John Carter gets shit on more than it deserves. Right. So I kind of feel the same way with Prince of Persia, where you finish watching it and you're just like, well, what's the big fucking deal? It's good. It's fine. Why is everybody having a big heart attack? Okay, all right. There's a little bit of whitewashing. What else? What else is your problem? Right. Look right. at all. Look at all the diversity in Tomb Raider. Maybe I should change my opinion. It's there. We're here for you. <laughs> change, change it. <laughs> Flip flop. Countdown to shutdown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome everyone to the second part of Trailer Park Podcast where we just let loose. We relax. We talk about our day. We talk about the future and how we will be going strong for hundreds of more episodes. And that this hundredth episode being the last episode is just a joke and a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Sound pretty nervous for a joke. Need, need some tissue? Like, how long do you think we'll be able to just like put them off? Like, oh no, we're busy this weekend. <laughs> oh, we're going out of town. This is, uh, this is where oh, Daniel gets continuing? replaced and I become a host. Welcome everybody to Trailer Park Podcast ninety six point one. Oh, that would be how you do it. Would just parse it out forever. Ninety nine A. Uh huh. That would be point nine point one. Possibly the funniest thing we've ever done on this show. If I were to actually do that, <laughs> that could be funny. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to start off the roundtable tonight by discussing a movie that I watched very briefly because that's all it deserves. I watched Mute. Oh no. I have nothing but sadness to report. It felt like the first episode of a TV show that you don't want to watch any more episodes of. The best part of the whole movie was the Sam Bell cameo, and it wasn't much of a cameo. It was just in the background on the TV, some sort of legal dispute over who Sam Bell is. (laughs) Like, Sam Rockwell was at both tables in the legal uh, courtroom, and uh, at one table he was saying, I'm Sam Bell, and the other table was like, well, so am I. <laughs> that was about it. The rest of it, Aww. I don't give a fuck. And uh, I'm kind of uh, giving Duncan Jones the old punch to the gut here. You got some splainin' to do. I'm never going to watch Warcraft. and Go fuck yourself now. Yeah, but I think we, I think we discussed that, that this would be the potential problem, that this is you don't want to release your you know long-life pet project idea that you've been mulling over in your head for decades and transforming into some convoluted mess you don't want those to happen wasn't that what we were afraid that this was yeah now it sounds like it's even further like diminished his previous great work moon by giving it a half-assed cameo in this film well i don't know i moon's got a special place for me i don't think i'll ever but but that's just it there are many examples of directors and artists that do one great thing and then that's uh, that's all they got you know, and that's fine yeah. if that's all you've got. Because even source code, I can't really say that that was him stepping up to the plate and hitting another home run. It wasn't. It was like maybe a single, like he just beat out first the the throw mm-hmm. it first. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good decent base hit. Yeah, it was a it was a base hit. It wasn't a home run. Moon was a home run, base hit, followed by uh, Warcraft, which we haven't seen, so we don't really know. Followed by a complete strikeout. Like, I, I can't even hate on Netflix for that trailer. I'm not sure. I was sitting there thinking, how could you have promoted this movie with a better trailer? I tried to construct one in my mind, and I couldn't do it. I mean, it's not, like, the worst thing I've ever watched, but it's just meh, and I can't I can't give it any applause. No, nope. that's too bad. I, uh, I'll pipe in here real quick because I want to mention something just because it's sort of an interesting phenomenon. Uh, I watched the, the Cloverfield Paradox. On Netflix. Starring David Oyelowo. Yep. And here's the thing about the Cloverfield movies. The, I want to speak to the franchise itself because it's such a weird, such a weird thing. And it's so oddly unique in the franchise world, which is that you have the original movie, The Cloverfield Experiment, which was a found footage sort of Godzilla ripoff uh, attempt. It was whatever. It's not 
it's actually kind of bad, but that's what it was. And then years and years later, they made this offshoot sidequel in the same universe, but a much smaller encapsulated thriller story that just happens to exist with a Cloverfield background, that 10 Cloverfield Lane movie with John Goodman. And what an odd turn to take for a sequel, because this whole franchise is just going to have side quills uh, throughout, because then after that movie, which, which people liked. It was, I liked it. Yeah, people that didn't like the first movie like this one. It's very odd that they're attached in the first place, but you get how that they're attached. And then this one takes the story into space and literally brings sort of the reasoning for where the whole Cloverfield universe exists, which is a sort of an infinite energy experiment that turns into this violent interdimensional blending which results in actually a cooler than you would expect sci-fi movie it's full of trying to figure out what happened people being transplanted between universes and trying to like you know the person who was the enemy in one universe is not the same enemy in the other universe but the same plot is playing out with different people so it's it's, it's a cool little mystery and then there's all sorts of weird psychedelic tripped out shit that's happening at the same time so it's worth a watch for real I can't say that it's great, but it's definitely interesting. And then it just adds to the whole thing. So I, I would almost say that each movie gets more interesting than the last as far as a franchise. And then it's all these side quills existing in the same universe. Uh, I just wanted to give Cloverfield credit for just, just fucking going with it. And I guess because no one has any expectations, they keep blowing those expectations out. So credit due. I also want to just mention for the Cloverfield thing that it was interesting how that all played out with the with the new one because the cloverfield experiment was originally called the god particle and it was gonna be i I guess they were trying to keep it under wraps that it was a cloverfield movie so there's some of that going on where because because what i'm getting from you is that even though i haven't seen a cloverfield movie is that the the incident the cloverfield incident is taking place in the background of all of these movies yes yeah and you're learning something new about it with each movie that comes out exactly right yeah so and then in this situation, they chose to just sell it to Netflix and stream it and launch it immediately after the Super Bowl instead of giving it a initial theatrical run. Which, right. And it looks like it's the biggest budgeted one by far. <laughs> but that's but that's not Netflix making the movie. That's another company. Oh, it's putting, just as a distributor. Making the movie, spending the money, creating it, and then choosing to just dump it or, or sell it for like $50 million. And, and recoup whatever they, they could recoup. Like what? I, I, I'm kind of lost on the decision making. Because cause like Amanda says, she liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. She's not the only person. I think it did pretty good theatrically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it was also on a number of other podcasts, like top 10 movies of the year. Just a weird decision. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing is weird. I find almost the like the mechanics of the franchise decision making almost more interesting than the films themselves but they those are also interesting so it's, it's very weird do we want to go anywhere near annihilation uh that's a big reason why i don't have many movies to discuss is because I, amanda and i have been trying to burn through them the books that is have you two watched the movie I haven't yeah. seen the movie oh, i just i finished book two just recently i got one more to go okay well we should probably just leave that alone because we don't want to impact the experiences that are currently taking place. You know what's going to be interesting, though, is that so for Annihilation, Nathan hasn't read the book. I read book one and watched the movie, and Chelsea read, she's almost done too, and watched the movie. So if you guys aren't going to watch the movie till you're done reading the books, that's going to be like three completely different perspectives. Perspectives. That'll be cool. Yeah. We'll do a full roundtable just on Annihilation 
You'll need to do it quick before it's out of the theater. They can watch it whenever the fuck they want to watch it. You don't have to put rules on them and tell them what to do. It's a theater movie. You're talking to people that don't give a shit about what you deem to be a theater movie. They didn't even know what IMAX was until I showed them. Who cares about IMAX? (laughs) Put a white bed sheet up on and get a projector. We'll see it next weekend, I'm sure. You know, read the third book in a, in a week. You're going to pound it out. They're, yeah, very, they're short. very short. Dude, I, I read each book in a day. Oh, okay. Um, how about this as a talking point? The Dune remake by Denis Villeneuve will consist of at least two films. Good. It has to, unless you want like a four-hour epic. I thought it would make everybody happy. I'm just saying. You know. I also I, thought about asking Daniel um, if what happens in Vegas stays in vegas <laughs> uh weirdly there were a lot of people watching movies because there are our hotel slash casino slash establishment was so massive it had its own movie theater uh i did see a lot of women just enjoying the shit out of that hugh jackman pt barnum thing mm-hmm. right and uh Weirdly, keeping up with the statistics that seem to be playing out on Rotten Tomatoes, while the critics have absolutely destroyed the Bruce Willis Death Wish movie, everyone that I talk to that watches it is like, yeah, kick ass. Another movie that was left on the cutting room floor. It just seemed like an unnecessary reboot. It's getting a lot of flack about the violence um, having you know happened so close to the recent episode right but look at the look at the skew on the critic audience voting on rotten tomatoes on that on that movie hmm. please allow me to look it up i will look it up it just looks silly am i missing something i'm sure it is i just think that it's like i think it's being judged maybe for what people's current atmospheric political mm-hmm. leanings are and not uh that, yeah. it, that it's probably just a low budget grindy shoot em up shoot em up movie it is drastic yeah right yeah <laughs> 16 oh, percent critic 85 percent audience yeah there's something happening there i can't speak to it it may be absolute shit but i just noticed the numbers are usually it's usually something interesting is going on when the numbers are that so skewed this, this is the problem with critics is that they can't put something on paper where they're going to offend children that have just been murdered they just won't do it and instead no matter how they actually feel about a movie they'll put it down because it came out at the wrong time right so they're, they're, they're being swayed by public opinion. And they're also, I think, maybe just when we've spoken to this before on this podcast, that critics have a difficult time placing negative scale movies when they don't use an internal negative scale themselves. Yeah. So you're saying this could have a negative scale quality. It seems to be, right? Isn't that what happens when, when the critic score is super low and the audience score is real high? Doesn't that mean that it has some like kitschy, cheesy, grindhousey mm-hmm. sort of violence to it that critics sort of roll their eyes at, but people are like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Death Wish with Charles Bronson, but I don't remember anything about it. I, I have not seen the one with Charles Bronson. I feel like maybe I should do that before I do anything else with this. I mean, I'm also kind of a little taken back because normally Daniel's the first person to be like, Eli Roth, well, that can go fuck itself. <laughs> yeah, I do have a problem with Eli Roth. Well, <laughs> Get Out came out of that. Yeah, Get, fair enough. Get Out I, came I, out. Honestly, I trust Peel more than Roth. <laughs> Yeah, totally trust Peel more than. But uh, yeah, again, I can't speak to it. It could be awful, and I could, uh, you know, eat crow on this one. I'm but. reading some of the rotten reviews, and they don't seem to be. They don't. There doesn't seem to be very much um, jibber jabber politically. It seems to be just attacking it as a film, straight up. Fair enough. I just wanted a little violence. 
I think the original Death Wish sort of gets more credit than it deserves. It's very much a, you shouldn't be a vigilante, even though the movie is is taught is you know held up high as like the vigilante's bible the actual point of death wish the movie and charles bronson speaks to it and acts to it in this way is that in the end being a vigilante is trouble and just gets more people killed than should be killed and you shouldn't take things into your own hands I don't know what you mean so i wanted this bruce, bruce willis death wish to be like fuck all that kill everyone <laughs> i didn't know this was- yeah I'll say that when I first heard that Bruce Willis was being it was going to be in a Death Wish remake, I was like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." Or I'm, you know, I perked up a little bit. But I don't know. Is he the right choice for to take this where it needed to go? Yeah, he may. He seems like he's too far gone. Yeah. Bruce Willis seems fucking jaded these days. So old. He seems like he gave up. Can you see him doing? Does he have the energy for something like Fifth Element anymore? He seems like he's given up. I just want somebody to take a chance on somebody new. You know, just like do a Death Wish remake and let the Death Wish brand carry it and just like make it fucking violent and choose some guy that just actually looks like he's capable of doing that trip. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Not <laughs> Keanu Reeves. We have our Death Wish. It's, uh, yeah. it's Vincent D'Onofrio. It's John Wick. So. D'Onofrio is a good choice. He could have pulled it off. Ooh, D'Onofrio would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Because Charles Bronson was like pudgy and kind of old yeah. in, in the original Death Wish. So yeah. Have you guys uh, seen anything about this movie that also got left on the cutting room floor since we're talking about those things? Um, Hurricane Heist? (laughs) Yes. I saw trailer after trailer while I was in Vegas, dude. I, oh, fuck. I'm glad you brought that up. Holy shit. Does that thing look insane? JoeBlow.com is giving it 7 out of 10. Babe, this is like in the realm of Fast and Furious. It's from the director. It's hurricane taking place during like an 18-wheeler heist and there's just like tornadoes happening and people catching each other in the air in a tornado and landing on 18 wheelers. <laughs> that sounds like Sharknado. That doesn't sound like but, Fast and Furious. But with Fast and Furious budget, but with Sharknado writing. Directed by the director of The Fast and Furious. Justin Lin? No. Oh, The Orig. The Orig. The Orig. And starring Toby Kebbell, who I like him. He was in Kong Skull Island. He was the guy that got separated from everybody that they were looking for. I like that guy. Oh, no, it looks fucking dumb and fun, but in the vein of, like, sort of the forgettable kind. Do you guys remember when Fast and Furious was super hot, probably around, like, the, the second sequel, maybe? Uh, I don't ever recall the point in time where that was a thing. It was, uh, they tried to do the same thing with motorcycles, and they made this movie called Torque, and you could tell they oh, were trying yeah. to turn oh, Torque into yeah. the motorcycle Fast and Furious, and yeah. it just didn't take off. But yeah. it's fucking stupid fun, and this Hurricane Heist looks like Torque. That goes back to my video store manager days. I remember Torque on the wall, and I remember mm-hmm. taking note of who that guy was. And for some reason, his, his name stuck in my head. Martin Henderson <laughs> was the guy that was in that movie. Also, I'd like to point out that Rob Cohen, the director of um, Fast and Furious and Hurricane Heist, is also the director of Reign of Fire, one of Nathan's guilty pleasures oh yeah 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 the brits fighting uh the dragon movie yeah the dragon movie with a bald matthew mcconaughey who's like yes really good he's awesome he does steal that movie he's fucking awesome in that movie and the fucking people the archangels jumping out of the helicopter and skydiving and killing dragons (laughs) i feel like you'd really like the great wall magic hour we may have to shush the great wall yeah Magic. We need to watch The Great Wall and also do you remember Dragonheart? Also Reign of Fire. Oh, Dragonheart's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dragon. Sean Connery. <laughs> I am the last one. Yeah. I'm a talking dragon. Laugh at my jokes. 
Pushy. Pushy. I'm gonna blow fire up your ass. Wet pushy. Where could a dragon get some pushy around here? <laughs> Are we done? Are we done? She says. No, the intern has to have his his day. You know, he's got to be able corner. to corner. Okay, all right. You want it? You want to talk, intern? Do you want an intro for your corner? I guess so. What kind of intro do you want for your corner? A nice one. A nice one. Okay, all right. Let's see what we've got here. Inspiring. Um, so what I wanted to talk about uh, to bring this up again is genre films. Diversity. Oh, Gen- I about sh- genre sh- films. Genre. Um, oh, you mean like the genre film that won Best Picture? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So Shape of Water won, to my shock and surprise. Right. What did you think was going to win? I... Uh, at Bamboo. the beginning of the night, I thought Lady Bird was going to win for the, the cut votes. And then halfway through the night when Get Out won Best Original Screenplay, I was like, oh, I guess Get Out's winning. Mm-hmm. And then I was wrong both times. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, can anyone here name a genre movie that's won Best Picture besides Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King? I would need a list of Best Pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I can't retain enough <laughs> to... Yeah, I don't even. Mm-mm. Oh, you, oh! So what you're trying to say? You're trying to prove your point that uh, genre this, films. Never this is unprecedented. That it's unprecedented. Unprecedented. Okay. Well, I'm glad. that... I would consider Chicago a genre film because it's a musical. I would consider West Side Story a yeah, genre film because it's a musical. Musicals uh, are their own thing, and they have won a lot of Best Pictures. And we are restricted by Best Pictures. I do remember genre film Mad Max winning for. Mm. Yeah, like 11 things. Six Oscars. Took home six Oscars. Mad Max did. That's right, Daniel. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Um, That's true. He's right about that, by the way. He's right. Yeah. Multiple. That was the thing. Multiple. How how many? I mean, six times people said, Mad Max, Fury Road. And people walked up to the stage, took the Golden Oscar, gave a speech. Must have just been terrible for you. Well, at least it wasn't uh, the director or picture. Right, right. Are you a proponent? Uh, is there some sort of uh, point you're trying to make here that you think that drama movies should always no. win everything? So or that they're on the way out? Now, Ooh, good point, I'm Daniel. wondering That's a good point. if this is the turning point where mm-hmm. movies that are of a different genre other than drama mm-hmm. are going to start winning Best Picture. Well, it brings up a great question for me because I'd like to dive in deeper to this, uh, Andrew. I think that there's a difference between a genre film that's focused on the genre and a genre film that's focused on the characters. Shape of Water might have been a genre film technically, but it was about the characters. It wasn't about the genre. So there's a lot of movies like science fiction and otherwise that are about the genre. And I think Get Out's another example that it was it was character driven horror thriller. It wasn't about the horror. Right. So if we went back to more specifically yeah, well I, that all fits in there. Um the last few years so, so basically we'll, I answered your question and I solved your problem. Thanks for coming out everybody. Uh Trailer Pro Podcast ninety six. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. <laughs> Arrival, Ex Machina. Are we on a, the rise of uh, glory time for science fiction again? 
I think so. Maybe. Because I hope so. All of those are exceptional, including the new one. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I'm not understanding what the word genre means. Mm. Genre I, don't, means I really don't get it because... Typically, it's a fucking boring sob fest that wins the Oscar for Best Picture. <laughs> and in trying to highlight that we're, we can expect something maybe more interesting in the future. A boring sob fest. Great yeah, question. I, I, would, I guess I would say that there's been a lot of things that are not, to me, boring snooze fests. You know, like I would say Silence of the Lambs is is a horror thriller psychological kind of a thing, right? It's the first horror movie to win Best Picture, yes. <laughs> no, and that was not too bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, Can you hear I my don't... voice? Can you hear how upset I Yeah, Unforgiven's a Western, right? Um, there have been a number of Westerns that have won. Well, Western is a genre film. I mean, are we really calling Braveheart like a mm. d- drama? A, a war, f- war film. Drama and war go together. Okay. okay. Oh, so you're just lumping in war with your point? Yep. I mean, it just seems arbitrary. Like, you're basically saying movies that... I, I, I don't understand the term genre. I think it, I think it's if a movie that intern doesn't want to win Best Picture. That's yeah. considered a genre film and like a drug. <laughs> oh, that's not true. That's not true at all. It's a pretentious way of denouncing movies. Exactly. I wanted Gravity to win so bad. G- Gravity didn't deserve to fucking win. I mean, The Departed's like a mobster movie. I love Ooh. The Departed. Gravity. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I, I don't know what we're saying here. It's confusing. Can we, can we talk um, about Gravity for a second? Amanda, did you like Gravity? No, I refuse to watch it because I hate Sandra Bullock. Mm, see? Piece and of, watching her fly around in space by herself. Fuck me running. Yeah. Daniel, did you watch Gravity? Did you manage to push yourself through that? Yeah, I did not like it. Yeah, did not like it. Did not like it. I'm gonna second that vote. Uh, not not good. Don't care. Don't like it. Uh, why don't you guys tweet about it, and then I'll tweet about it, and we'll see who and reaches people more people. The intern. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you'll be like Alfonso Cuarón and genre film. <laughs> the three Mexicans are running strong. Look here. Man, I've got a serious question here for you now because you said you hate Sandra Bullock. How deep does this go? Uh, It's pretty deep. I mean, I can tolerate her in some stuff. Um, Oceans 8. I'm excited about that. I think that movie looks great. Okay, I think so it looks fun. You're ready yeah. You're ready to tolerate Sandy. She's going to be the point man. She's gonna yeah, be the- I, I like her is surrounded by other people that I like. Right. She's not like a standalone for me. I can't handle her by herself. I, I share your... Uh, but, maybe not as fierce as you, but I have an odd distaste. But The Net. Yeah, yeah, one of the most dated movies of all time, The Net. Oh, the it, net. it translates well. Yeah, sure <laughs> the does. Net. Yeah. The Net. Um, <laughs> okay, but okay. A lot of women celebrate congeniality. Where do you land on it? I don't like the movie. I mean, I can watch it. My I, dad loves that movie. <laughs> I like her in Demolition Man. That's about it. Oh, Demolition Man. <laughs> I like her in The Blind Side, which is... Uh, yeah, she well, won an Academy Award for that. I know she did, but she probably shouldn't have because, I mean, she was essentially just playing, you know, herself, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the weaker wins. It's up there with McDormand for three billboards. <laughs> Should have seen. all. The, everyone was so happy for her. Sally Hawkins deserved that motherfucking award. I think Robbie deserved it. And Robbie also did. You're mm-hmm. right. Two women deserved it more than McDormand. And McDormand definitely deserved it for Fargo back in the day. She's already got her Oscar. Yeah, and Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't have his fourth. Nothing's fair. 
Nothing Cry is about it. fucking fair. <sighs> Life isn't fair, right? Right. Right. No, I suck dick for crack now. What's uh <laughs> Okay. So www.sadsackstudios.com. Uh, <laughs> Where we don't talk about things like that. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. At T Bar Podcast, at the Intern TPP, at Sad Sack Studios. You know the drill. Everybody just take a deep breath out there. You know, there's a lot of shit going on. And it's it's sometimes good to just slow everything down. Take a deep breath and remember, we're pulling for you. You can always go back and listen to these ninety six episodes. We're pulling for you. And we'll be here for you for, for, for a long shut down. A long time. Join us next time for episode 96.1. It's a celebration.